Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Dangling above the water at her office's desk, the young woman looked down at the brilliant bottlenose dolphin below her. Gazing into his eyes, the woman could see so much intelligence behind them. If only she could get him to say her name, the experiment would be a success. Stay tuned to hear all about that on The Reluctant Historian. What's up, everybody? I'm Liz Lawson, and this is our Reluctant Historian. Dakota Lawson. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. So, if you love history, or you absolutely hate it, this podcast is for you. We would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement and recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Turtle Island. Of Turtle Island? <laughs> what? Yeah, so, well, actually, I'm glad you picked up on that. Well, so yeah, uh, you say Turtle Island, and I'm intrigued. Yes, well, so, it's not not like really like a joke or anything. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So Canada is actually a colonial name for the country that we live in, but mm. that's not actually what like the First Nations call this land. So North America is actually called Turtle Island. Um, and really? so, yeah, so I've just been like... That's so much cooler. I Well, yeah. So like the belief is that, mm. well, some indigenous groups believe um, that the, w- the land that we live on is um, on the back of a turtle. So that's why it's called Turtle Island. Just like in Aladdin 3... <laughs> The, just like that the uh when they they have to uh they're looking for this golden claw thing that'll turn anything to solid gold and it turns out that it's it's moving because it's on the back of a tortoise interesting i, I have yeah. you never seen no return, uh, no what is it the oh, 50 thieves no return of the thieves no well, I'll... what the fuck's it called? And the seventh? No. Okay. Well, while you look that up, I'm just going to explain a little bit more. So I had been thinking about our land acknowledgement and la- why, like, you know, sometimes there's there's confusion about what the purpose of land acknowledgements is because if that's all you're doing, it's just very performative. Um, and then like also like saying terms that are more appropriate. And so like Canada people, Indigenous people, don't call Canada. Canada from historical point of view they call it Turtle Island so I just wanted to update it a little bit to reflect a different and correct more no, more accurate yes thank viewpoint. you yeah King of Thieves oh my god Aladdin <laughs> and the King of Thieves yes so the, they had their own Turtle Island okay cool yeah uh guesses about today's topic well at first when you said like she was dangling above the, this thing I was like oh is this our Wicked Wednesday already like is this going to be a horror mm. thing you know she's dangling because when you say dangling it's... that uh, that is usually a dead body <laughs> uh and but then you were like talk, so they're trying to get dolphins to talk I I think this might be a free willy spin-off <laughs> Maybe. Uh, we're going to call it uh, free willy colon Escape from Dolphin Bay. Okay, okay, cool. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Um, well, actually, so 
lately I've been thinking that most of our episodes that we've been doing the past summer have been like fluff episodes and not like really hard hitting historical facts. I don't think you would enjoy those anyways, but um, (laughs) (laughs) but I also need to remember that fluff is also part of history. Mm. Um, So fluff being a fluffer is is part of uh, historical stuff. Yes. So and also like when we're doing a, a short episode it's hard to do like hard hitting historical facts anyways Mm. so this week we're going to be talking about a story that took place in the 1960s as part of a nasa funded research project in which a woman named margaret howe lovett developed an unusual relationship with a dolphin named peter (laughs) wow this is uh there's an actual uh, like a current one relationship i believe about isn't that this dude like that has a relationship with a dolphin and he like believes he's in a relationship with it i don't know if there's a current story i'm pretty pretty positive about this okay so i do know that like there was a man who like had a relationship with a dolphin like a intimate relationship maybe it wasn't as recent as i think it is but i just heard about it and he's like he's definitely be fucking that dolphin okay (laughs) (laughs) all Uh, right so so she had an intimate no and a relationship oh Sorry, I was putting the two stories together. <laughs> so she's fucking an this dolphin. An unusual relationship. An I unusual guess. relationship, which can be fucking. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that those that dolphin and that woman are having an unusual relationship. Um, I don't really know what I wanted to call this episode. Mm. Um, because when you research it, well, you'll see once we get to the end. Remind me to tell you what most of the re like the historical record is saying about this but i didn't want to call it that so i've just called this the dolphin experiments um how about dolphin fuckers (laughs) yeah you don't know that we're talking about dolphin intercourse all of a sudden you can't swear (laughs) oh yeah you're the pg one on this show i am yeah okay (laughs) so tell me about uh well i need to know what your golden nugget is before we get into these dolphins right i forgot the structure of this show (laughs) Uh, well, I'm on vacation now, so Lovely. that's exciting. Yeah, it's uh, got a, w- a little over a week off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been good so far. We went to see. Oh, we went to see Thor last yeah, night. Yeah, I thought that would be your yeah. golden nugget. There we go. I just came up with that. So we went to see the new Thor movie. Yes, Thor: Love and Thunder. Yes, uh, it was very good. Yes, um, not as good as Ragnarok, the mm. last one, but mm-hmm. like that's so hard to live up to. And I think that. Ragnarok was such a surprise because the first two Thor movies were shitty. Yeah. So it kind of like blew your expectations out of the water. But uh, this one was still really, really good. And Christian Bale is yeah, he was so good. So good. I really yeah. enjoyed him. Yeah, he was a great villain. So yeah, I think we like listed him at our top villains. Yeah, he's like he's my number three out of all the villains on the yeah on the list. So, yeah. anyways, I would recommend go seeing Thor if you were into that kind of thing. Yeah. What about you? Um, I guess like I don't really have like any big golden nuggets. I guess mine is I've been playing Jurassic World Evolution two, mm-hmm. like religiously. Yeah, like obsessively. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. So my vacation started I think like about a week and a half ago now. Um, the past it's been quite gloomy here, and so the past couple of days I've just spent uh, literally eight or nine or maybe even ten hours. <laughs> In front of the computer, <laughs> building my Jurassic Park. Uh... But I think, I think so. I started playing the second or the third story in the game, and I'm like, ah, eh, you know, like it's kind of the same thing over and over yeah. again. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with it now. Oh I think. really? Yeah, okay. which is fine. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, three days, ten hours each—that's thirty hours of a game. So that like... is quite a bit. And um, 
But uh, this, this game, though, to, it's really fun. Yeah, to give more detail on it, it's basically you get to build your own Jurassic Park. Yeah, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah, so it's kind of like Sims, but then like you get Velociraptors. So not Sims, like Sim, uh, Sim City. Yes, thank you. Yeah, or uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah, just like that. Be more accurate, I guess. Yeah, so I've been enjoying it. It was fun, mm-hmm. but I, I do think I'm at the end. Now. Yeah. I well, the problem is, so your sister did these beautiful nails on me, but mm-hmm. I, I I specifically asked for like long and ridiculous because yeah. i can't have long and ridiculous when i'm teaching online mm-hmm. but then i forgot that i can't game with these nails <laughs> so, so i can't really play like any games that like yeah. require dexterity but i can you only can, like you'd be able to play like a console game wouldn't no you? oh you can't yeah really. they're too long oh shit. yeah so i mean she's gonna be taking them off in like july 23rd so that okay. i can continue. Well, i rented a game from the library for you i know so you have to i know that. we're gonna have to renew that i think okay <laughs> sorry yeah anyways so our story begins not with Margaret Howe Lovett. Rather, it begins with aliens and a secretive group called the Order of the Dolphin, mm. which, despite its name, focused on searching for extraterrestrial intelligence. The group could be a whole other story in and of itself, but to give you a little bit of understanding and not go too in-depth, in 1961, UFOs were all the rage, and so a group of top scientific minds would meet in secret at a rural observatory in West Virginia. Run by newly minted Harvard PhD student Frank Drake, the goal of the group was alien hunting. (laughs) Okay. Hoping to hear radio communications originating from intelligent extraterrestrials. These scientists wanted to find and to talk to aliens. And, And probably to fuck them. Yes. They didn't know it, but they were about to launch the modern search for extraterrestrial intelligent, or SETI. Here, Drake's research was legit, so it wasn't like fake research Mm. it was one of the first dedicated scientific searches for aliens yeah so while drake was launching some of the first seti programs a man named john Lilly, who is a physician philosopher writer and inventor was attempting to communicate with his own alien intelligence however he wasn't (laughs) he's just like doing morse code (laughs) send nudes (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, However, he wasn't looking quite as far. Lily wanted to understand and communicate with dolphins, literally to speak their language. And his ideas were taken seriously. He founded the Communication Research Institute in the late 1950s and published research suggesting that his attempts to talk to dolphins was working. As part of his work at SETI with the alien people, Mm -hmm. Lily would tell the other scientists there about his research. Often he would regale the scientists with tales of his bottlenose dolphins, whose brains, he said, were larger than humans and just as densely packed with neurons. Some parts of the dolphin brain looked even more complex than their human counterparts. Clearly, more than one intelligent species had evolved on Earth, according to Lily. Lily would tell the scientists he had also heard signs of language and empathy in the recordings of the dolphins. Lily's research generated so much excitement that the group of scientists decided to call themselves the Order of the Dolphin. <laughs> just like that uh those cat fuckers or whatever they were the a couple weeks ago the the order of the pug order of the dogs yeah it was the pugs, yeah nobody's the heard that one yet because that's one of our oh shit episodes oh well oh shit <laughs> <laughs> we have i guess we have an episode coming up potentially about pug fuckers yeah see so. now if we had a patreon that could be like a behind the scenes like oh, yes. once a month you get a free episode Yes, that's that's true. Well, uh, maybe in the future we'll get yeah, there. Maybe. Uh, where did I get to here? Lily and the Dolphins. Lily went on to write a book in 1961 called Man and Dolphin, 
which highlighted the theory that dolphins wanted to and likely could communicate communicate with humans. Lily's writings continued at this time to spark a scientific interest in interspecies communication that set in motion an experiment that went a little bit awry. Awry? Yes. So due to the connection between Drake and Lily, and the parallels between Drake's work with extraterrestrials and Lily's work with dolphins, Drake was able to help Lily secure funding from NASA and other government entities in order to help him realize his vision, a communicative bridge between human and dolphin. So this is where NASA comes in. Okay. Lily then built a laboratory housing a workspace on the upper level and a dolphin enclosure on the bottom. Tucked away on the picturesque shore of the Caribbean, he called this place Dolphin Point. Enter our hero, Margaret Howe Lovett. Okay. <laughs> I got nothing for that. Just uh, she's our hero in this well, situation? Well, she's who I... the story's about. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know if that makes her our hero. I don't know if I'm going to cheer for a dolphin fucker. <laughs> you know? She was a volunteer naturalist from the U.S. Virgin Islands. In the 1960s, she took part in the NASA-funded research project in which she attempted to teach a dolphin named Peter to understand and mimic human speech. As a child, she was inspired by a book called Miss Kelly, which was a story about a cat who communicated with humans. This inspired her to research teaching animals to speak the human language. I I think she was just watching an episode of Sabrina. (laughs) (laughs) When Lovett was in her early 20s, she lived on the Caribbean island of St. Thomas. The director of the lab, Dolphin Place, allowed her to observe dolphin behavior despite her lack of scientific training. While volunteering here, she met Lily. As we know, he was building a research lab with funding from NASA and also the United States Navy with the goal of speaking to extraterrestrial life forms. In order to simulate this situation, he built a dolphinarium, that's the actual word for it, Yeah, which was known as Dolphin House, and he flooded the space with water. There, Lily accommodated three dolphins, two females named Sissy and Pamela, and one younger male bottlenose dolphin named Peter. All of them were taken from Marine Studios and had been co-starring in the television show Flipper. A television series? Yeah, Flipper. Was a but, there's a but there's a movie called It was based on the TV really? show from the 60s. No shit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You're welcome. They didn't say thank you. <laughs> By 1964, the Dolphinarium was fully functional, and as Lily was often traveling, he assigned Lovett to train the dolphins, which I found really interesting because she's, like, not a biologist or a scientist. She was just like, I really like dolphins and animals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The goal of the Dolphinarium experiment was to teach dolphins the human language. Over a period of two years, Lily and Lovett, both with very different approaches, tried to prove that human language could be mimicked by dolphins. Lovett reasoned that if she lived with the dolphins and made human-like sounds, similar to how a mother teaches her child to speak, they would have more success. She tried speaking slowly and changing the pitch of her tone to help Peter pronounce the words she wanted him to learn. Lovett and Peter spent all of their time together in the isolated dolphinarium, where she documented Peter's progress with her twice-daily lessons and encouragement to say the words, Hello, Margaret. According to Lovett, the M sound was extremely difficult for Peter to pronounce without making bubbles in the water. Oh. Couldn't he hold his head above water to do it? I don't know how he... I don't know. I didn't really like... That's just what she said. Smart my ass. (laughs) The process became tedious and there was little indication of progress. Lovett hated leaving in the evenings and still felt that there was so much work left to do. So she convinced Lily to let her live in the lab. Mm. waterproofing the upper rooms and flooding them with a couple feet of water. 
This way, human and dolphin could occupy the same space for like 24 hours a day. <laughs> that's hot. <laughs> so that's where her, so she had her desk. It was like dangling over the water. Yeah. And like, yeah, it was just, a, it was interesting. Yeah. Lovett chose Peter for the revamped immersive language experiment. They coexisted in the lab six days of the week. And on the seventh day, Peter spent time in the enclosure with Pamela and Sissy. Through all of Peter's speech lessons and voice training, Lovett learned that, quote, when we had nothing to do was when we did the most. He was very, very interested in my anatomy. If I was what? to... In his anatomy? Yeah, in, in Lovett's. Oh, wait, they're both girls, right? Peter's a dolphin and Lovett's yeah, yeah, a girl. Yeah, yeah, Lovett and Li- Lily. Okay, so... Lily is John Lily. Oh, so it's a dude. Sorry, I'm, I, I was mixed up because Lily is her last name. a girl's name, name. yes. Yes, and okay. also a girl's name, yes. So it's John Lily. Yes, but he's not around. Okay. So that's why Lovett's here, because she... If they had a um, uh, TV series together, they could call it Lovett or Lilliet. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So anyways, L- Margaret Howell Lovett is the one that's left in the Dolphinarium, and right, John and Lilly is off doing his, I don't know, whatever he's doing. And Peter's just really interested in Lovett's... Uh, anatomy. Anatomy, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Peter's interested in her, her anatomy. If I was sitting here and my legs were in the water, he would come up and look at the back of my knee for a long time. <laughs> oh, I'm not here to kink shame, but whatever, whatever fetish you're into. He wanted to know how that thing worked, and I was so charmed by it. Uh, so now here's where it gets a little bit weird, Dakota. Wh- what? Just now? <laughs> Peter was an adolescent dolphin with oh. certain urges. Oh, God. And sometimes he would become a bit more excited. Oh. She told interviewers that he would, quote, rub himself on my knee, my foot, or my hand. So moving Peter back down to the enclosure in the basement each time this happened became a logistical nightmare. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think she did? Uh, well, I don't know, but hold on. I want to talk about that for a minute. So it's like getting him to go away was like tough. He's he's just like a teenage boy. <laughs> like He's like, come on! Or like, like you know, if getting a young man to try wearing a, a, a condom, he might be like, "Man, I can't even feel it." Oh my you god! Know? Like, like I assume this is how Peter is. Like, just let me rub you a little. Like, here, let's. I'll help you with your homework. I let's, just really uh, like that knee. I, I just want to. St- let's let's just study, and then he starts feeling her up. Mm, that what a creep. Yeah, cr- goddamn the- teenager. <laughs> Peter's the creep in this story. Um, you think love it is? So, Peter- <laughs> <laughs> or are you implying I am? <laughs> Fuck are you trying to say? <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. Anyways, but the logistical nightmare because he was mm. in this this I don't can I don't really know how this dolphinarium would look, but essentially it was like two floors, yeah. and I assume they had to somehow get Peter from the top floor down to the bottom floor where the other dolphins were, so he could like do his thing with them. And they were like, that's oh. too much work to take him downstairs. <laughs> that's too much work. I'll just let him hump my leg, I guess. Um, oh, wait, wait. Okay. So, sorry. What was your question? Why was it a logistical nightmare? Or did All you right. tell me? I, no, well, I didn't. But I was like, why do you think it was a logistical nightmare? And we kind of talked about yeah, that. Yeah, you told so, me because it, it was too much work yes. to get him down there. Yeah. So, she let him hump, his, hump her leg. So, Margaret Howe Lovett decided to satisfy the sexual urges huh? of the dolphin manually. <gasps> no, <laughs> I was right. She gives him a hand jibber? I guess so. I don't, I didn't get into it, so. Why not? <laughs> well, 
We all have our fetishes, dear. Uh, this isn't one of mine, so that's probably why I didn't it's get it. It's very selfish of you to exclude my needs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, quote. This is Margaret mm, saying okay. this. It was just easier to incorporate that and let it happen. It would just become part of what was going on. Like an itch. Just get rid of that scratch and we would be done and move on. Lovett insisted, quote, It wasn't sexual on my part. Sensuous, perhaps. It seemed to me that it made the bond closer. Not because of the sexual activity, but because of the lack of having to keep breaking. And that's really all it was. I was there to get to know Peter, and this was part of Peter. Okay. Um, you, this She sounds like... Like, again, back to my teenage scenario, she mm -hmm. sounds like, like, she's like, he's not that bad of a guy. Like, I just want to get to know him. And, like, if this is part of him, like, I want to get to know him like that. And, like, just being, like, I don't know, tricked by his, his, uh, suaveness. He's a dolphin. Yeah, that is getting a hand gibber. Well, how does that work? Do dolphins have penises? Like, yes, they're mammals. Okay, so... Do, are they like horses? Do they like... No, okay, come on. Don't be grossed out by this. This okay, is sorry. for pure science. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm actually interested because like... Dolphin penis? Well, not in a sexual way. I'm like, I don't know how that works. Is it? Is it like a, a horse or, or a dog? Because you don't yeah. see... Yes. You're not just like riding a dolphin or swimming Who's with a dolphin. riding dolphins? Well, I... I, th I think this love it chick is. <laughs> okay, so you know how with Jasper, I'm like, oh man, his lipstick's out. Yeah. It's like that. Right. That's what I was kind of yes. wondering. Okay. So yes, much like a horse. Much like a horse. Yeah. Yes. Anyways. So unfortunately, Lovett's encounters with Peter would ultimately overshadow the whole experiment. Oh, just like a teenager. <laughs> How is that just like a They were studying, <laughs> and then he got a hand job, and now that's all he wants. <laughs> when a story about them appeared in Hustler magazine in the late 1970s. What? Yes. That's hot. According to Margaret, she said, I'd never even heard of Hustler. I think there were two magazine stores on the island at the time, and I went to one and looked. I found the story with my name and Peter and a drawing. <laughs> Lovett bought up all the copies she could find, but the story was out there, and it continues to circulate this day on the internet. Whoa. It's a bit uncomfortable, she acknowledges. The worst experiment in the world, I've read somewhere, was me and Peter. That's fine, I don't mind, but that was not the point of it, nor the result of it, so I just ignore it. So the problem is, like, when we historically look back on this, because, like, they were doing, well, they were trying to do something, like, yeah. legitimately scientific. Totally. There are lots of problems in this and the fact that she's not even a scientist. And, yeah. And then that became, like, the viral story that she gave Peter handjobs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nobody really actually cares about the actual, quote, unquote, science that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just completely overshadowed by this, um... The fact that she was giving him hand jibbers. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, well, I can see the headlines now. Like, um, I know she's not a scientist, but like, the, but what I'm about to say isn't true either. So the headlines could read scientist to sex worker. <laughs> like, just like <laughs> yeah. those that I feel like that would catch eyes, you know? Totally. Yeah. And so actually that brings me to the point that I was saying at the beginning, when I was trying to research this, every single title and like, so you know, National, uh, not National Enquirer, um, The Guardian, uh, Washington Post, New York Times, not like 
irreputable sources like those mm-hmm. are pretty decent sources all of them were like the woman who had sex with dolphins uh-huh. is what the titles of these Jeez, stories are and i was true. like right and yeah. also like again negates what she and lily were actually trying to do because yeah. like like we said right this was overshadowed by her other experiments yeah however something else also began to interrupt the study john lily had begun researching the mind-altering powers of the drug lsd since the early 1960s in the 60s there was actually a small selection of neuroscientists like lily who were licensed to research lsd by the american government they were convinced that the drug had medicinal qualities that could be used to treat mental health patients or maybe even make them crack under torture, as we learned in our MK Ultra episode. Mm-hmm. As part of this research, the drug was sometimes injected into animals, and Lily had been using it on his dolphins since 1964, curious about the effect it would have on them. Much to Lily's annoyance, nothing happened. Despite his various attempts to get the dolphins to respond to the drug, it didn't seem to have any effect on them, remembers Lovett. Injecting the dolphins with LSD was not something that Lovett was in favor of, and she insisted that the drug not be given to Peter, which Lily agreed to. But it was his lab, and they were his animals, she recalled. And as a young woman in her 20s, she felt powerless to stop him giving LSD to the other two dolphins. By the autumn of 1966, John Lily's interest in the speaking dolphin experiment was dwindling. It didn't have the zing to it that LSD did at the time, recalls Lovett, of Lily's attitude towards her progress with Peter. And in the end, the zing won. Lily's cavalier attitude to the dolphin's welfare would eventually be his downfall, driving away the lab's director and eventually causing funding to be cut. Just as Lovett and Peter's six-month living experiment was concluding, it was announced that the lab would be closed. Without funding, the fate of the dolphins was in question. Lovett's new job soon became the decommissioning of the lab, and she prepared to ship the dolphins away to Lily's other lab in a disused bank building in Miami. Here, it was very different from the relative freedom and comfortable surroundings of the dolphinarium named Dolphin House. At the Miami lab, held captive in smaller tanks with little or no sunlight, Peter quickly deteriorated, and after a few weeks, Lovett received news. Quote, I got that phone call from John Lilly, she recalls. John called me himself to tell me. He said Peter had committed suicide. Dolphins are not automatic air breathers like humans are. Sorry, sorry. Go back. Who committed suicide? Peter the Dolphin. Peter the Dolphin committed suicide? Yes. What? Yeah, so I'm about to explain it. Okay. Are you okay? I didn't didn't know they could do that. (laughs) Yeah, so this is how they do that. Okay. So dolphins are not automatic air breathers like humans are. Every breath is a conscious effort, so they have to think about their breathing. If life becomes too unbearable, the dolphins just take a breath and they sink to the bottom. They don't take the next breath. It's assumed that Peter died of a broken heart, brought on by the separation from Lovett that he didn't understand. Margaret could rationalize leaving Peter. And when she left, could Peter? Here's the love of his life, now gone. And he doesn't understand why. Are you okay? You look really upset. That's so sad. Yeah, so much for your, like, he's just a teenager wanting a hand job. He loved her. This No, okay, this could be also very similar to fucking that the teacher show you watched about the uh, the teenager having sex oh, with his teacher yeah. because he doesn't understand it. That's he right. loves her, but he doesn't understand it. And then when he's a little bit older, he gets that it was wrong what she did yeah. to him. Yeah, that was a good show. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was really good. A teacher. It was called A Teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Love It, on the other hand, wasn't terribly unhappy about it. The suicide. She was more mm-hmm. unhappy with him being in those conditions at the Miami lab than not being alive at all. 
Mm. Now, nobody was going to bother Peter. He wasn't going to be hurt. He wasn't going to be unhappy. He was just gone. And she was okay with that. In the decades that followed, John Lilly continued to study dolphin-human communications, exploring other ways of trying to talk to them. Some of it bizarrely mystical, employing telepathy, and some of it more scientific, using musical tones. No one else ever tried to teach dolphins to speak English again. Instead, research has shifted to better understanding of other species' own language. Margaret Howe Lovett stayed on St. Thomas Island, marrying the photographer who had taken pictures of the experiment. Together, they moved back into Dolphin House, eventually converting it into a family home where they brought up three daughters. So Dakota, what do you think? Oh, that's fascinating. I uh, I guess dolphin love started at the at, in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that guy that you were talking about, I think, mm. is probably the other dude at the time that was like actually having intercourse with a dolphin. I feel like it he was fell in, in love recent years, though, wasn't it? It's possible. It's not the only time that humans have had to or tried to sleep with dolphins. Well, I mean, there is a reason bestiality is a term it's not like this is a one-off right so which is such a whole other topic but that just is very deep i'm not going to do the history of bestiality (laughs) that'd be so depressing (laughs) (laughs) yeah even i don't want to hear that (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean like animals can't consent no so no so yeah i mean uh I I really when I was talked about dolphin fucking and stuff like that in the beginning of the episode I was just completely joking I didn't think it was going to go in this sort of like sexual nature at all mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be about the getting them to communicate which is really a fascinating premise to try to teach dolphin dolphins us to speak our language yeah well and like I mean we were able to teach um, chimps and gorillas mm-hmm. sign language totally. so like I'm sure if this hadn't happen like if it had been more scientific like maybe you know maybe we would have had more science about it yeah it's unfortunate like we lost probably some really important research because of this yeah i I wonder if they would ever attempt something like this again and whether it's you know i mean because they only did this with peter right he was the only one that they experimented with yeah yeah right like if they Maybe they should have done with the other dolphins as well or something. Yeah. Or did they choose him because he was of a certain age? So I think so, yeah. Learn, yeah. whereas an older dolphin maybe wouldn't be able to learn. Yeah, maybe. Well, I, so she said she she likened it to like a mother teaching a child. So yeah. that's, you're probably right. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, if only she wouldn't have been too lazy to take him down to right? pounce <laughs> on the other dolphins. Like, like <laughs> this could have... You know, it's one of those moments where, like, that that decision to be too lazy could have changed, could change, maybe change the entire trajectory yeah. of our world. Absolutely. So, I give this an 8.2 dolphin hand jibbers out of 10. <laughs> well, that's higher than I thought you were going to give me, because, yeah. again, you were very quiet. Was I? Yeah. Well, no, you were just listening intently. Yeah, just because I'm listening doesn't mean I'm... Not enjoying it? Well, I wouldn't say that, but I enjoyed (laughs) this one. Okay, cool. Well, that's all we have for this week. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review or tell your friends about us. 
because indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth. If you want to stay in contact, you can follow us on Instagram at The Reluctant Historian, on Facebook out of The Reluctant Historian Podcast, or leave us a tip at buymeacoffee.com slash the historian. You can also shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted to the reluctant historian at gmail.com. So we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. I'm workshopping the title of this movie. I'm thinking, you know how there's Free Willy? Yeah, no. We're going to call this Free Peter's Willy. (laughs) Okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.